This podcast from Teacher Magazine is supported by Bank First. As the bank that exists to serve the education community, they are proud to support you during this challenging time. As educators, you continue to go above and beyond, offering your strength, compassion, dedication and expertise. So, from the team at Bank First, thank you. Hello, and thanks for downloading this episode of School Improvement from Teacher Magazine. I'm Dominique Russell. Each year, the Australian Mathematical Science Institute announced winners to a range of Choose Maths awards. At the 2019 award ceremony, 11 educators were acknowledged, and among them was Louise Pusselnik. She took home the $20,000 award for mentoring girls in maths, and she joins me in today's episode. She's made a real impact on girls' involvement in maths at her school, St Matthew's Catholic School in Mudgee, New South Wales, which teaches around 900 students from K to 12. Her work extends beyond the school, which is about three hours from Sydney, to the wider Mudgee area and Bathurst region. The Australian Mathematical Science Institute School's Program Manager and Choose Maths Project Director labelled her a champion for engagement of girls in maths, saying Louise is a powerhouse mathematics mentor and educator whose innovation, passion, leadership and contributions to regional education have and will continue to transform engagement for the benefit of many. Louise says forming relationships with students is paramount for her. In this episode, we're going to find out a little bit more about the initiative she's implemented at her school in order to empower girls by highlighting the relevance of mathematics to the real world and what careers they could have in maths or science once they leave school. Before we get started though, I just thought I'd mention, like many across the world, Teacher Magazine is now working remotely. So for the time being, all of our podcast episodes are going to be recorded in our home studios. To kick off this episode, let's hear about why engaging girls in maths became so important to Louise. Yeah, I think what's really interesting is I did a little study a few years ago um, I had some girls in my class, the clever girls. I had some clever boys, like just a really genuinely lovely class. But I did a little experiment and I noticed that the boys were the ones who were answering all the questions in my class. And I just sort of thought, oh, what's going on here? Why, why do these girls not want to, you know, sort of put themselves out there? And I sort of spoke to a few of them and they sort of didn't really see... Um, maths as something that they wanted to pursue later on Um, and I just thought that was really interesting and then I sort of went away and did a little bit of research and I found out that a quarter of all the girls who will sit their HSC or their year 12 exams this year only there's a quarter who don't even do maths and I just found that phenomenal I think um, I came from a family where I was always told I could do whatever I wanted, I could be whoever I wanted. And I guess sort of coming from, I grew up in a rural setting as well, um, I sort of thought, oh, well, maybe this is my opportunity to try and help these girls see that maths can be part of their future. The other thing that I came across recently, which I was totally stunned about, was that it wasn't until 2003 that we started to use 
female crash test dummies. So for 40 years, all the safety features in cars, seatbelts, are all based on the average man. So um, I think to have women in those STEM sort of careers, those innovators and inventors, are really important to try and eliminate that gender bias um, that we see that sometimes comes through. I also think it's important for our boys to see women in those roles as well and to understand that they can work with women in the workplace and that, you know, these areas aren't just dominated by men. So I'm interested then if your focus on relationships with students or even that crash dummy fact kind of inspired anything, any change that you went through with at your school? Yeah, so I, um, I guess I really um, understood that relationship, like we need to have that relationship first. Um, and so one of the first initiatives I have been implementing over the last four years is where we have um, a research mentor program with uh, Sydney University or University of Sydney. And so with that program, our um, students are mentored by an academic who comes into school and they work on breast cancer detection. And so what they do is they take data um, that the research team have collected and they analyse this data. So we give them a really great um, basis in how to do statistics which is something that is not, it's not taught we, at the year 10 level. However, once we give these kids these opportunities to sort of really get into this real world data, they really just go for it. And, they, and I think they love being able to see how we can use maths in an everyday type of context and how we can use maths to solve problems. Um, so that's sort of been a really great project, um, getting our girls involved in that and having them have that mentor relationship with an academic where it makes them be able to see that future, to be able to know that I can go off to university, I can, I can study maths, I can study sciences, like this is part of my future. So could you take me through the steps you took to actually facilitate that? Yeah, so every year we have, I um, host a math, science and engineering careers expo. And so what we do is we ask um, some of our community members to come in and they talk to typically sort of our year seven and our year 10 kids. Um, and they talk to them about how they use maths in their, in their job or how they use um, science in their job. And it's a way of um, having our students understand that maths isn't just something we do in the classroom. Like I love it, we have a local um, brewery maker and he comes in and he talks about how he uses um, quadratic equations on a daily basis. And so it's really great for them to be able to see that, you know, it isn't, maths isn't just something that we do in the classroom, that algebra isn't something where we just move uh, um, a letter from one side of an equation to the other, that it's something people use every day. And so as part of that, we had um, a local academic come in and he did the keynote speech um, for that careers expo that, 
one year and then we just sort of got talking to one another and he is really super keen to um, I guess promote um, science and STEM learning particularly in rural areas where students don't always have access to universities. Um, our closest universities are now and a half away so our students here don't sort of see that on a day-to-day -day basis and so um, we developed a partnership um, with the University of Sydney and um, this academic team and we just sort of slowly built it. The first year we only had a few students involved in the program but this year we have 12 students who are involved in the program and the beautiful thing is that they come in and they're very they're very nervous and um, we talk to them about what they're going to be able to do by the end of the year and they just can't see it but it's so lovely to just watch that transition and that transformation happen throughout the year um, and it's lovely for them to come out at the other end and, and we can say to them you know you've been doing first year university maths like and they sort of don't believe us at the start that they can do it but yeah, they really rise to the challenge. And so you've used that example there of that partnership of going from having a few students involved to having 12 girls involved. Do you have any other examples of how some of your work with these initiatives like the Careers Expo and the University Partnership are leading to an increase in student outcomes, particularly for girls in maths? Yeah, so what's fantastic is um, we've also seen um, Initially, the first year that program ran, it was dominated by boys, but we've we've started to see that really flip. So last year we had um, we had um, more girls who were part of the program. But what we've also seen is that we've got um, girls increasing their numbers into advanced math subjects to study for the HSC. I really think so. I guess the first thing I think that's key is, is those relationships, so developing those strong relationships with girls. But I also think giving the maths a context, making it real. I mean, coronavirus at the moment is a perfect example of how to make maths real. All of a sudden, everyone's talking about exponentials and curves and flattening the curve and, you know, people even calculating how long their toilet paper is going to last. So um, I think also too looking at also those networks as well and how quickly um, we can spread the virus is also really great, thinking about rates and rates of change. Um, yeah, I, th I think teachers should be trying to sort of jump on board with that at the moment and it's such a great example of, um, of maths in action. It's making those the theory of the maths applicable to the everyday so that um, our girls can see see where it's being used. It's not just, you know, every second question out of the textbook, um, but that, you know, we use it every day. Um, so I think, that's, I think that's sort of key um, to helping girls become more proficient in maths. 
And I understand you received some funding for your school as part of the prize. Do you have any plans of what you might hope to develop using that? Yeah, I think um, I've sort of been, I've had this dream in the back of my mind for a couple of years now. My principal always laughs at me because he will say to me, oh, you've always got a new project (laughs) on the horizon. Um, What we would love to do is get um, girls involved um, and some of our younger girls, um, so some of our year five and six girls, because I think to get them at that age thinking that they love maths is, is quite important. Um, to get them coming into high school already loving maths um, I think is key as well. But what we wanted to do was um, we want to develop a project where the girls would um, develop light installations. And so this sort of um, with the idea that we also link into communities. So we've got some really great artists um, in our town who we'd love to, um, who we've spoke to um, and who are excited to get on board with this project. Um, but I think what's also fantastic is it not only links our girls' mathematical skills but links in their creativity. I find it frustrating when people say, you know, mathematicians and scientists are not creative at all and I think um, that's a little bit of a, um, a misnomer um, I think to be a great mathematician and a great scientist, you have to be creative as well. So that's sort of our, our dream at the moment is to develop um, a project where we can have girls sort of from, say, year five up to year nine and ten um, working on a project um, where they develop these light installations and to have them displayed in our community as well so that um, everybody can see you know, just how fabulous our young women are work that I do isn't something that I do by myself. Um, I have fantastic support of great staff and great principal. Um, Also sort of at the wider Bathurst region have great support from our Catholic system. So even though I'm the one here doing the talking, I think it's, um, I need to acknowledge that this isn't just my work, but it's the work of a number of different people. That's all for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Louise briefly mentioned the COVID-19 health crisis in this episode. So in case you haven't come across it yet, we've been publishing a lot of content to support teachers through this transition to delivering education online. You'll be able to find information on teacher wellbeing during COVID-19, working with parents to provide practical strategies for home-supported learning, and the myths and realities related to digital literacy of students. I'll place all the links to these stories in the transcript of this podcast episode, which you'll find at teachermagazine.com.au. You can also sign up to the Teacher Bulletin there so you never miss a story. And School Improvement is just one podcast series from Teacher. We have hundreds of episodes in our archive from series on behaviour management, global education, the research files, teaching methods, action research, and our monthly content wrap-ups on Teacher Staff Room. Recently, we've published episodes on supporting teachers through a crisis, trauma-informed practice in schools, identifying and managing student anxiety, and keeping students safe online. You'll find all of these by searching for Teacher ACER on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe to the channel so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to a podcast from Teacher Magazine, supported by Bank First. 
Bank First is a customer-owned bank committed to supporting the financial well-being of the education community since 1972. If you have been affected by COVID-19, visit bankfirst.com.au for financial support.